Hi, I'm Graham Mack and welcome to the Pod 20, the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts. I'll be talking to podcasters who've made the chart and my special guest pod stars are Chance Litchfield and Bobby Nangler from the podcast Over a Pint. And through the magic of Zoom, I can see that you're both having a pint right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, are. Uh... <laughs> it's what happens in your podcast, the two of you. So do you hook up like this or do you actually manage to get together? Well, yeah, we've uh, had to make do at the moment because when we launched the podcast, we were originally planning to meet up and do it all in person, just with each other in the same room and to just be talking over a pint. But then lockdown hit and we weren't supposed to be mixing. So we thought, you know, we don't want to look bad. We'll do it over Zoom. We don't want to you know, break the rules for the sake of the podcast. So we'll stick to doing it over Zoom for now. And it's been going all right since over Zoom instead. I reckon it's been going better than all right, Chance. We'll find out more about Over a Pint soon. This is the Pod 20, which is heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now and at number 20, the Harry Redknapp Show. Harry's latest guest is Rod Stewart. 19, From Now. This is a sci-fi podcast drama about a spaceship that returns to Earth after vanishing 35 years earlier. The lone survivor looks the exact same age as when he left. He reunites with his identical twin brother, who's not so identical now because he's an old man. But what starts out as a joyful reconciliation soon leads to dark revelations. From Now is at number 19 on the pod 20. At 18, Happy Place from Fern Cotton. Fern's guest in episode 101 is Robbie Williams. 17, Curiosity Cake from Lee Delaney. Lee, you're always very respectful to your guests on the podcast. But what do you do when you don't agree with a word that the guest is saying? I th- it's a good question. I don't think I've necessarily sat down and thought about like what's what's my strategy to do this. Yeah, uh, and, and maybe I should. I think I think I just do it. Like I, um, I think maybe it comes from just the way that I talk to people. Like I'm I'm quite calm and laid back, and I'm I'm not um, a big emotional kind of aggressive person. So like someone says something I disagree with, I'm not going to be like you know, what are you talking about? You know, surely you can't think that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And kind of, you know, rent off for, for me, it's a, um, a last kind of exploratory questions that are quite open. And I, th- I, I usually try to frame something that makes it impersonal as well. So I might, you know, we use that language where I'm not saying that, Oh, well, I, I disagree with what you're saying. I might say, well, what would you say to someone who maybe thinks this and, you know, this is the counter argument to what you're talking about? Um, so it kind of keeps things on that neutral sort of level. Um, I think that's that's probably how I usually go about that. Yeah, the last thing you want a, a guest to do is get all defensive and you're not really getting anywhere yeah. because it's got to be a warm... And you do very well, by the way. Yours, Your chats are very warm, kind of almost a fireside chat kind of thing, a very intimate. <laughs> no, they are a very intimate um, chat that you have with them, probably because you are a very calm person. You don't seem to get overly excited you 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 just yeah it's it's a very calm and friendly thing and i think that works that works really well i enjoyed the one you did with the what was the guy's name it was about the crystals and the coronavirus really 
which I yeah. which are two things I'd never put. St- Doctor Sam Horrell. Doctor Sam Horrell. Yeah, that, that was the that was recent it, one. Yeah. yeah, it's just come out, I think. Yeah, and he he was someone else. Uh, he you know he has a very calm kind of quieter way of talking as well. Um, but you know he's he's working on understanding the structure of the coronavirus. Um, like he admitted himself, and I think I I actually cut it out um in editing um but he was saying himself like he doesn't have a huge part in it like he's not saving the world from coronavirus um but his work in studying um kind of crystals so he learns about the structure of proteins um through creating crystals and uses um a method with x-rays where they'll produce a crystal fire x-rays at it and then they get a pattern kind of on a wall like behind the crystal where it shows where all the x-rays are coming through. Um, so the pattern then shows where there's matter and where there isn't matter. Um, and that helps scientists then just develop the, the actual material structure of a protein. Um, so he's been involved in work that's um, on coronavirus that helps them understand uh, the structure of coronavirus and, and then how it works. Um, you know, and that science is then being used in developing um, the drugs that are being used to treat people when they have it as well, uh, which must be, again, it's one of the amazing things to to do this podcast. We talk to people doing things like that. It's it's one of the things I enjoy the most about it of, um, you know, how exciting that must be and how important that must be as well. Yeah, you have some fascinating guests on there. Curiosity Cake is at number 17 this week and Lee Delaney will be back next week to talk about how he's found himself trapped in Yorkshire. Number 16 is Americast from the BBC. The latest episode is called Donald Trump Bids Farewell. At 15, Anatomy of Murder, another true crime podcast... A murder case has many layers. The victim, the crime, and the investigation. Anatomy of Murder dissects each piece of the tragic puzzle. At 14, over a pint with Chance Litchfield and Bobby Nangler. And Chance and Bobby are my special guest pod stars this week. Obviously, we're in lockdown, so you connect to each other on Zoom. How far away, then, are you from each other? Oh, I'm only like 15 minutes walk away, honestly. Like we we live, <laughs> right. we pretty much live in the same area, so right. Yeah. So you're bouncing this thing off about seven satellites, but you could just walk down the street and talk to each other. Yeah, Literally. we can even do it on Bobby's driveway. To be honest, we don't need to be over <laughs> Zoom. But it's just easier this way. <laughs> and how do you know each other? Uh, just through like uh, skate park and just being in the same area, really. Yeah. Yeah, through college, skateboarding, just anything. So you um, just knock about just together? Yeah. Yeah, you get into trouble with each other, so <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, just, yeah, have known each other a while and, yeah, come up with the same idea for this when we are talking in the summer and here we are. So it's it's, it's quite good. It's, we've enjoyed it since uh, we started this podcast. Now, level with me here, guys, because, you know, drinking is a big part of your podcast. You have a drink while you're chatting away between the two of you. Is this just a clever way to make alcohol a tax deduction? Oh, well, well, I hope you didn't bring that up, to be honest. But we see it as it's an essential for work. So, yeah, you've caught us out. We're trying to put it through the books ready for uh, <laughs> ready for the next self-assessment. But no, no, in all honesty, it's, it's the idea we come up with and we thought, why not? We'll make it look a bit more, just try and make it look as normal and as, as inviting and comfortable and friendly. Just 
during the, the episode. So if someone wants to watch it or listen and they can have a pint with us, then they're more than welcome to. So people can watch it as well as listen? They can watch it, yeah. We uh, upload our video from, from the every episode for our YouTube as well. And how edited is it? Uh, it's not really edited at all. It's pretty much start to finish. It's all what you what you see is what you get. It's, we haven't cl- <laughs> uh, clipped anything out, cut anything out. Lots of mistakes. Us trying to pronounce words we can't pronounce. It's all in there. <laughs> yeah. It's all in there. Well, let's find out. Before we find out about the, a bit more about the podcast, let's find out about you guys. Now, Chance, I've met you before. We know each other because I used to run a radio station in London and occasionally you used to come and help us out. I say that, we yeah. used to pay you. But, um, <laughs> and you used to do some production for us. You also, you did a couple of sports shows as well. You're a good sports broadcaster. Yeah. And you've got a background. You used to do traffic and travel on radio stations up and down the country. So you've got a broadcasting background. What about you, Bobby? What's your deal? Honestly, I haven't got much background in like radio or media, honestly. Only time I was on radio is when uh, Chance had me on Corby Radio because I used to be a musician. Yeah, some of, like instrumentals and that, but I haven't. I haven't really got a background in media, but I am like a creative person. Like when me and Chance came up with a podcast, that like we both came up with a name. Literally, we came up with a name over a pint, right? As we're having a pint at the pub, do you know what I mean? It just made sense. So like me and Chance were just both uh, creative individuals, and he knows everything about radio. I was like, oh, let's just get on it, really. And, and how have you found it then? Because there are so many podcasters who are, uh, to- you know you know are totally new to any kind of broadcasting but they're doing great so how have you found it uh, I, oh, it I think it's been good I think uh, it's been great as well sorry yeah. Bob you, you say it you say it <laughs> I know so I, it's quite comfortable for me I, I, I'm like spoke on live or radio or anything but because I'm speaking to Chance I've known him like my whole life pretty much in Kettering like it's just easy for me to just talk over a pint literally because that's what we do we do it anyway off camera, so it's the same on camera, really. Yeah, so for all these years, the chance has been telling you that what he does is actual work. He's been sprung now, hasn't he? You know there's nothing to it now. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I had to tell him that before we started. <laughs> <laughs> Over a pint with Chance Litchfield and Bobby Nangler. Uh, coming up, find out what podcasts Chance and Bobby listen to. Their podcast is at number 14 this week. Number 13, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. 12, The Happiness Lab with Dr. Laurie Santos. Yale professor Dr. Laurie Santos has studied the science of happiness and found that many of us do the exact opposite of what will truly make our lives better. 11, The Infinite Monkey Cage. A look at the world through scientists' eyes with Brian Cox and Robin Ince. At 10, Sports Virgins. The weekly podcast were Total Sports Novices, comedian Matt Richardson and the radio presenter Amy Vos learn all about the world of sport. It's made by Pomodo. Dylan Pugh is the man behind it. Where does the name Pomodo come from, Dylan? Oh, it's, it's very random. Um, I had a bit of a drama with a company name. I thought I had a name. I had a logo set up. I had the domains created. And then my lawyers told me that there was a trademark on that name. Um, so just before launch, I had to change the name, uh, which was a bit of a debacle. And uh, I just couldn't think of a name. And, you know, you know what it's like. You go round and round and round in circles. And I was watching a program with the kids on CBBC and the Komodo dragon was on there. We were talking about how cool the Komodo dragon was. And 
I thought, actually, yeah, that is a cool name. But I, for some reason, I just replaced the K with a P and I thought, yeah, that's quite a cool name. And that was it. Well, at least you know it's unique. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are you still involved with Spotify? Uh, no, I left there uh, five months ago-ish, so just before launching this company. So now you're full-time on Pomodo? Correct, yeah. So, I, yeah. so I left Spotify to set up this company, yeah. How did you go from being a professional rugby player to being a global executive with Spotify? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a long journey. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I was a professional rugby player for a few years, and by the time I got to my sort of you know, late, early 20s, um, I, I kind of realized that maybe I'm not going to get to the very top. Um, you know, I, I was enjoying my rugby and all that kind of stuff, but I had an eye on the future and I had an opportunity to work over one summer in the digital advertising landscape, selling banners on websites back in those days, which was the done thing. Um, and I kind of realized that actually I, I, I want to go down this career path now alongside my rugby. So I played semi-professionally then for many years. And as the years went on, I realized that, you know, my future is in you know, outside of rugby. Um, so I just continued down that path and, you know, moved around through a couple of companies and then got the opportunity to work at Spotify in the ad sales division about six, seven years ago. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good time to join then. It's, uh, it's been an interesting journey there for the last six or seven years. I bet. Yeah. And what have you, what have you learned from Spotify that you're applying to Pomodo? Ah, oh, well, look, you know, there, there's millions of things I can learn from someone like Danny Leck. Like, you know, he, he is such an inspirational leader and character. Um, the, the Swedish mentality as well has been something which is, uh, it, you know, the whole culture of working for them, um, pr particularly around the transparency and openness and honesty. You know, that's something that I'm really going to try to apply. You know, it, it amazes me with how big Spotify was towards the end quite how transparent Daniel and the other leads were with the rest of the staff on almost everything that's going on in the company. Um, you know, I, I'd never witnessed that in any of the other companies I'd worked with. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely one thing I'm going to. Um, and the to culture of a company always starts at the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the other big thing was trust, you know, the, the, the Swedes have a, a bit of a, a less intense working culture than the guys in the US. Um, they trust you to get your job done. Obviously, you have to earn the trust in the first place. But you know, I, I really appreciated the freedom to be able to work whenever I want, wherever I want, but knowing that I was trusted to be able to deliver the goods. So you grew up in Wales. What kind of a, an upbringing was it? Was it a sporting? I mean, everybody plays rugby and sings and speaks Welsh in Wales, don't they? I mean, yeah, <laughs> correct. I mean, I, I massively tick those three boxes <laughs> with a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, you know, I had a, I had a very simple upbringing, really, um, in a little rural village in West Wales. Um, it was life was all about yeah rugby was a it was a huge part of life and my dad played rugby my dad was a minor so you know as a kid we lived through the the minor strike in the 80s and you know like not that I knew this at the time but when I look back I grew up pretty much in poverty and, and I didn't even know that at the time which is a credit to my parents I guess but when I look back now you know that's what life was like it was, it was a very simple upbringing so moving to London when I was about 20 was an enormous eye-opener I'll, I'll bet and it was you played for London Welsh correct yeah so I signed for London Welsh when I was uh 2021 um but probably the, the best decision I made I don't know, maybe starting for Modo Podcasts might top that. Sports Virgins is at number 10 this week. Dylan Pugh will be back next week to talk about some of the podcasts on Pomodo.
At nine, no such thing as a fish. The award-winning podcast from the QI offices. Number eight, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's lockdown parenting hell. It's parenting, just not as you know it. Seven is Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Number six, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years, and despite thousands of interviews, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests, so he started a podcast to do just that. Let's check in with this week's guest pod stars. It's Chance Litchfield and Bobby Nangler from Over a Pint. What podcasts inspire you? Let's start with Bobby. Yeah, I listen to a few different podcasts. I listen to Business of Hype, which is hosted by Jeff What's it called again? who's like a fashion designer. Business of Hype. Business of Hope. Hype. Right. Oh, but, oh, Business of Hype. Yeah, so, Got it. Okay, Business of Hype. Yeah, yeah okay. Business of Hype. Yeah. yeah, so like they just get like artists or like fashion designers and literally just sit down with them and just give them like a little interview of how they started their career. And like they just get creatives in a room and then just get them to talk about their ideas for the future and like how they got to their position within their career, really. But it, it's good to listen to other creatives because as, as a creative myself, you do pull inspiration from these people and some of these people are real go-getters. So it does inspire you when you listen to it. Yeah. And what about you, Chance? Yeah, I listen to uh, a couple, but the, the one that I, I think my favourite podcast of the year was more than with Hector Bellerin, the Arsenal football player, because he is um, a creative individual outside of football and off the pitch. He has interest in fashion and art and photography, and he's talking to other athletes who nobody has an idea of their life outside of sport. And he's talking to them and talking about what they enjoy and what they do. Uh, Matthew Flamini, a uh, footballer, he's very, he's all about uh, looking after the ecosystem and you wouldn't have any idea about what he does offside, off the pitch. He's so into being eco and helping the environment and it's just great to hear that because there's so many sports figures that all you know them for is for being an athlete and being a sports personality. So that's great. You get to hear it and see another side of lots of famous athletes. Have you got any plans then yourselves to have guests and to interview them as part of the podcast eventually? Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're looking to do... Um, more episodes and then start to um, start to include and introduce guests. We've got a few people in the pipeline. Yeah, uh, a certain person in particular who Bobby and I both are huge fans of. Come on, um, tell us yeah, who it is. Oh, Bobby, you can say. Who are you chasing? Uh, I, I want to get hold of Hack Baker because he's just like a <laughs> London geezer. He's always drinking a pot on his Instagram story. Like he's like the perfect person for our podcast bought over a pint and especially because he does touch on uh, issues of men's mental health as well yeah he'd just be kind of like the perfect person to have as a guest on this podcast really because he does enjoy having a pint so <laughs> <laughs> he loves having a pint he's a great musician and he is himself so we're uh yeah we're trying to chase him and hopefully we've already actually spoken to him before in person yeah so um yeah fingers crossed 2021 brings some great guests that we, we're more than welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast I'm sure you'll get some great guests Chance Chance and Bobby from Over a Pint and they'll be back next week uh, to talk about other stuff including uh, Bobby's other life as a musician number five this week on the pod 20 is Feel Better Live More 
with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. Number four, the apology line. If you could call a number and say you're sorry and no one would know, what would you apologize for? For 15 years, you could call a number in Manhattan and do just that. This is the story of that line, and the man at the other end who became consumed by his own creation. He was known as Mr. Apology, as thousands of callers flooded the line confessing to everything from shoplifting to infidelity, drug dealing to murder. Mr. Apology realised he couldn't just listen. He had to do something, even if it meant risking everything. The Apology Line, number four this week. Number three, Death of a rock star from Crowd Network. The man behind it is Tom Fordyce. Tom, why did you decide to make a podcast about dead rock stars? So it's been a really interesting... Look, I'm obsessed with music anyway. I grew up obsessed with sport and music. So each week, for me, doing a deep dive into someone's life that I was either interested in or perversely thinking, I'm not really into George Michael or Whitney Houston. Am I going to enjoy this? And then a week later, finding that I'm just listening to George Michael four or five hours a day because I'm so into it. (laughs) I'm listening to like weird B-sides and I'm like listening to 12-inch versions of stuff because I've got so much into their, their character and their life. Who was the one that surprised you the most? You thought you you kind of had them worked out and then they turned out to be totally different. Oh, that's a really good question. The George Michael one was one where I, I, I wasn't, the age I was growing up, Wham were for girls. We know when I was nine or 10, Wham were for girls. They weren't for boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I never owned any George Michael. And I knew that he was meant to be a really likable guy. And then I'd, read and read, read all the books about him, watched films and, you know, listened to all his music. And I just had a real affection for him by the end. This this sort of immigrant son who'd grown up as sort of a chubby kid with glasses and bad hair who turned himself into this absolute teenage heartthrob. A guy who was an unbelievably good songwriter. I don't think I'd appreciated that before. And then also his voice. I don't think I'd appreciated how good his voice was before, how, how good his phrasing was how he could take an ordinary line and just transform it in the way that Stevie Wonder can take an ordinary line and just transform it. And he just came across as a lovely guy who was always honest or trying to be honest to who he was. He was honest about his failings and he did have his failings. And in the end sort of found a certain peace, even with a lifestyle that some other people couldn't understand. And I think that's another thing I found with all of these because they will all end the same way because we are dealing with rock stars who have died young or tragically is that I've left each of them with a sense of sadness, but also a sense of sympathy, I think, to the person they were and what they went through. Um, certainly with the the Keith Flint one, who's obviously the lead singer of The Prodigy, and that was my era and I did like The Prodigy. But the contrast between his stage persona and the sort of moral panic there was when Firestarter came out and the sort of things he would do for people and the sort of man he was, I just... I. There's not a single one where I haven't liked him by the end, Graham, if that makes sense. Who was the most tragic? Or that you found the most tragic? The Karen Carpenter story is just a heartbreaker. It is just an absolute heartbreaker. I don't know if you... like. I don't like the Carpenter's music. All I know about them is it was brother and sister, Richard and Karen. Richard Richard ended up with some problems with pills and Karen was anorexic. But Oh, and she had an incredible voice. Above that... I don't know much at all. 
Well, it she was a drummer originally, I think, wasn't she? That's right. Yeah, she was a drummer. So when they were growing up, they had a very controlling mother, which I think was one of the problems. And Richard, who's the elder of the two siblings, was considered the genius. He was a, he was a brilliant pianist. And it seemed that all the family's love and energy went into Richard. And when it was Karen's voice that that broke them, when it was Karen's voice that everyone wanted to talk about, and that caused problems for everyone else, this, this very strange controlling dynamic. And when you hear her sing, because the, the songs are quite syrupy for me, the Carpenters, you know, mm. they're, they're... It was middle of the road stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was, wasn't it? And I enjoyed setting their music in the cultural context, the fact that the 60s had been about rebellion and feedback on guitars and Hendrix and Woodstock and fighting in the street and the 70s politically are a reaction to all that aren't they nixon comes into the white house and it's sort of it's a throwback and the music of the carpenters absolutely fits into that this sort of harking back to a to an era which may not even existed but a safe era where that where pop stars aren't threatening and they look like the kids next door and they they don't do bad things they don't smoke and take drugs well obviously the irony of that is that nixon would <laughs> would end up being impeached and that richard Carpenter was addicted to to sedatives, to qualities. And then you have Karen in all this, who feels like a lost soul, who sings in a way that almost no one else can sing, who can take these very syrupy songs and turn them into something far more powerful, and yet is in the grip of an eating disorder at a point where people don't understand eating disorders, where she doesn't understand it, and where her weight is plummeting and everyone around her is just telling her to eat, which doesn't work. And there's a powerlessness about it, about how she deals with it, about how her family deals with it. And the privations that she goes through as that eating disorder takes hold in terms of how she's starving herself, how she's purging herself. It was, it was really hard to, to read about. But in a strange way, you'll understand this. It was satisfying to, to write about and, and hearing that one voiced up, which is out in a couple of weeks, hearing that one voiced up was really emotional because we don't have all the answers. You know, you'd like to go back and help her and say, look, this is what we now know about eating disorders. Because nowadays almost- they, they talk about that, that it's, it's it's for some people, I don't know all, I don't know anything about this, but I, I've heard it said that it's for some people who have it, it, it's something they can control, that they feel like everything else in their life is out of control, but this is something they'll control and they just get hooked on that and it becomes everything. Did you get the, that feeling from her? Yeah, absolutely. So her mother had always tried to control everything that Karen did. Her brother was her mother everything. a narcissist? Do you think? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I think she was also of that generation of of Americans or adults who clearly loved her children but couldn't say it. There's a, there's a heartbreaking scene that we refer to in the pod where Karen is about six stone and she's um, her psychologist has asked for a meeting with the family, and the psychologist starts off by saying, "I just think we all need to say that." You all need to say that we love Karen. And her brother reacts almost angrily and says, well, of course I love you. And then her mother just goes, we don't say that sort of things where I come from. And it's an absolute heartbreaker when this, this poor woman is six stone and she's dying in front of their eyes and they react like that. So I think you're right. It is about control. Her food was the one thing she could control. Her brother controlled the music. She couldn't control uh, her fame. And her mother tried to control where she lived where the money went, who she dated, who she married. So it's a really sad story, but in the way that these sad stories can sometimes feel to us, it's actually quite a comforting thing because when you hear her music and you get an understanding of it, you do feel this enormous warmth towards her. Yeah. Death of a Rock Star from Crowd Network is at number three this week.
Number two is the bloke who's been at number one for the last six weeks, Louis Theroux with Grounded, which means we have a brand new number one. Power, the Maxwells. You've heard all about Ghislaine Maxwell. Now find out more about her father, the media tycoon Robert Maxwell, and his rise from nothing to a fall from the deck of his superyacht under mysterious circumstances. It reads like a crime novel, this one. Ghislaine reckons he was murdered. Power, the Maxwells, is at number one this week on the Pod 20. And that's it for episode 39. Thanks to this week's guest podcasters, Chance Litchfield, Bobby Nangler, Lee Delaney, Dylan Pugh, and Tom Fordyce. My guest next week is the PR guru, Paul Blanchard, who'll be talking about his podcast, Media Masters, where he has one-to-one conversations with key people in the media. To be honest, it's weird to be on this side of the, the, the is it? interview. Does, because, does it happen yeah. very often? No, no. Well, I am asked a lot of times to go on various things, but I, to be honest, I, I can't. I am quite chatty in real life, but I, the one skill I've learned by doing the podcast is just to shut the hell up. I am very much. I think that was some one of my early uh, early friends. Uh, one of my friends listened to a few early ones, and he said, "Paul, he said you're great." He said, "But you've got to realise you've got to shut up. It's <laughs> you know you can't be." 50% of the airtime for each one, you've got to be 10%. He said, so, you know, say your piece and then shut up. And I've always remembered that as the best advice I've ever got. I do, I do try to do that. I mean, you, you, as a listener, you must realize that I'm waffling on now, but I, I try to all. let the listeners get on with it when it's my own podcast. And what podcast inspire you? Ooh. I mean, that's, that's a really good one, isn't it? I mean, I, I listen to so many of them. I mean, I'm listening to Bad People at the moment on BBC Sounds. That's um, What's that one? I haven't heard that one yet. What's, what's that oh, one? Oh, it's really good. It's a comedian and a psychologist, and they talk about, um, like, killers and murderers and fraudsters and so on, and they're really trying to get under the skin of what is evil and, you know, whether whether there are bad people or whether they're just victims of circumstance and just made some wrong choices. And I love the Naked Scientist as well on yeah. uh, Five Live. I love Crowd Science on BBC World. Um, what's that one you're dead oh crowd science is really good Uh, so a lady called Marnie Chesterton and she presents but basically what they do is um, people ring in from all over the world and ask the most obscure questions and then they get experts on it so it's just like um, brilliant oh yeah they'll say well you know why don't clouds fall out of the sky and you know they'll get they'll get meteorologists on and all of this kind of stuff they did one years ago about how do planes fly yeah. And they got a quantum physicist on and a fluid dynamic person. And what was really interesting is we kind of roughly know why planes stay in the air, but we don't quite know even now. It's really weird. It's like they had one on about gravity a few years ago. And we, we know everything about gravity in terms of how it works and blah, blah, blah. But we just still don't know what it is. Yeah. And that was fascinating. So you, you sort of go through all the bits about we can tell everything that gravity will and won't do to within a micron. But if you actually ask a quantum physicist what gravity is, they go search me, gov. Don't know. Right. Wow. And that, so yeah, love love podcasts. Absolutely love them. Paul Blanchard, my special guest pod star next week on the Pod 20. And if you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. What will happen on the podcast chart next week? Will Power, the Maxwells, still be at number one? Or will Louis Theroux make it back to the top? 
Will your favorite podcast be at number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.